Hi friends, welcome along. This is the Influence Podcast. If you're looking to inspire more people, have a positive impact on a global scale, build an influential and magnetic brand, and build a profitable business with your unique gifts and talents, then the Influence Podcast is for you. I'm your host, Jake Adam-Davey, former high school French and Spanish teacher, turned international speaker, online business coach, and Instagram growth and monetization enthusiast. You can find tools, resources, and so much more on the website, jakeadamdavey.com. And you can also say hello on Instagram, at jakeadamdavey. Please also, if you're enjoying the podcast, do feel free to leave a review. The more stars, the better, of course. But equally, if you're not enjoying it, you are still invited to leave a review. The one thing I would also ask is, of course, sharing is caring. So if you've listened to something or heard something in the podcast that you think you've enjoyed or would be useful and beneficial to other people, then please do hit that share button and pass it on to somebody that you know. I'd be so very, very grateful and so thankful if you did. Now let's dive in with today's episode on the Influence Podcast. Okay, hello, welcome along. This is the Influence Podcast. This is exciting. This is episode 113. And today I am extremely excited to introduce a very special guest. Claire Whitaker is with us today. Uh, Claire is a business systems and automation consultant and the founder of Artificially Intelligent Consulting. Her vision is to change the way people are working in a way that prioritizes freedom and creativity. We all want more of those things in our lives so that ultimately we could feel more fulfilled. Having worked at Amazon, uh, she managed global, excuse me, having worked at Amazon, she managed global programs and experienced hustle culture firsthand, seeing the impact that this had on her own mental health. I'm going to talk a a bit more about that. uh, In fact, we're going to dive straight in there. Um, She knew that there was another way and set out on a mission to help visionary entrepreneurs save 20 plus hours a week. I'm going to say that again, helping visionary entrepreneurs, yes, you're in the right place today, save 20 plus hours a week by implementing processes so they can finally get their freedom back. Think about that for a minute. What would that do for you, your business, your lifestyle, your relationships to get 20 hours a week back um, in your life? And then ultimately, what? what uh, well, in fact, we'll talk a bit more about uh, Claire uh, uh, and what she does. I'm going to ask a few more questions about her agency uh, and the next steps as well. But first, Claire, welcome to the Influence Podcast. Hi, Jake. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I am genuinely delighted um, to have you with as well. I know that we've we've had a few kind of false starts here, um, getting you into the into the show and such. And so I'm delighted that we have. I have to just give an apology as well to everybody listening. Uh, I'm recording this episode in the office today, and you could probably hear there's a lot of noise in the background. Um, it's normally a lot quieter than this, so I do apologise. I'm going to pop myself on mute as Claire is talking. Claire, let's dive in. Um, tell me. Amazon, why did you leave? Yeah, so just to give everyone on the who's listening a little bit of context, I joined Amazon when it was, I, I had never really heard of it. Like it was kind of this small thing. They were based in Slough. Maybe I'd bought a book off them, but I'd never really used them as like an integral part of my life before. Um, and so, when- so I, that in itself is incredible <laughs> to think about where they are now, right? Jeff Bezos is like the wealthiest person on the planet. Sorry, I, I just, that's incredible. When, when was this? Uh, seven years ago. So they probably, they were, they had a presence for sure, but it wasn't like this, like we'd never done, I think they'd done one Black Friday 
And like, they'd never done a prime day. I was there for the first one of those. I could change anything on the website that I wanted by uploading an, a, like an Excel spreadsheet, which is very dangerous, Amazing. by the way. Very, very dangerous. <laughs> but it wasn't, it wasn't something that myself or my friends were really using or really aware of, like maybe one or two of us, but like compared to how it is today. And I think that just shows you like the, the phenomenal growth. So I was there through a period of, phenomenal growth uh, for Amazon in Europe um, and how how that how that really expanded and it, it was a great opportunity to see how people scaled businesses to see how you could innovate to see all of these things but at the same time like it was a very high pressured environment and um, it was in many ways a very stressful environment for people to be in. And I came to realize that having seen how people build things, I wanted to build my own thing. So I started out um, like exploring the world of blogging, which I'm sure is a, a flurry into entrepreneurship that many people will understand and have experienced as their first step. And I got to see and meet a lot of other entrepreneurs through this. And what I realized was a lot of them were doing this on the side while they had another job or they were spending hours trying to create content, trying to like get their name out there and build up everything. Whereas I was able to kind of like make an impact much more easily and without having to give up as much. Obviously, I was still working weekends and like a little bit of evenings to like make things happen. Um, but like nowhere near to the extent that I saw everyone else. And so I started helping other entrepreneurs by sharing my system, sharing my processes, sharing what I'd learned at Amazon about how to make it scale. And eventually I realized, oh, this is probably what I should do for my business. And that was kind of what made me leave Amazon. I'd got to the point where I realized that I could have more impact and help more people by going out on my own and being able to have this vision. And the, the part of it that was so important to me around having more freedom, being able to be creative was not something that I was going to get staying in my career at Amazon and was a message that having seen so many of my colleagues go through mental health challenges, not just at Amazon, but across the corporate world and as entrepreneurs, I wanted to be able to go out there and start to share this message about how you can make things easier and still have that freedom and that creativity. I love it. How did it feel when you left? How, how did you feel at that time? Because well, if I'm not going to put my slant on it at all, how, how did it feel when you left? Honestly, it was a real roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> so um, part of me felt amazing. Like it was super exciting. I was out on my own. I was going to do all this great stuff. I actually was like working as well at a nonprofit mentoring other startups. So it was really cool. And I was doing all of that stuff. But then the other part of me was like, what have you done? This is a terrible mistake. Why would you do this? Because you, I think one of the, the interesting, th like you've basically given up what is some person's dream job. Like sometimes working at some of these big companies with these massive names and all of that reputation, like people will tell you all the time, like, wow, this is amazing. How have you done it? And kind of like part yeah. of me giving that up, I was like, you're an idiot. <laughs>
<laughs> I love I love that. And, and you're absolutely right. The thing that you that, that many of us leave behind and, and I say I'm talking again because the audience moving into entrepreneurship or having their business mm. running for maybe a short time or a number of years. There has to be that decision at some point where they give something up. Right. And and quite often that breakaway, as I, as, as you, I think you're alluding to, is that it's the traditional idea of what success looks like we're successful because i've got this job with these companies and integrate with all these people but it looks very very different in reality for you and so what were the first that were you working at amazon whilst you were launching this business or was it a total cut and then you start on the business um without having having the job so one thing and i'm sure we can talk about this because i'm sure other people have experienced it my business evolved a lot before i realized that actually the processes and the systems was what i really needed to be doing and where i really could have the impact but i started the journey to finding that out while i was still working at amazon so i was very lucky i actually had a lot of great mentors within amazon who encouraged this side of me which was really lovely um and so i started to Um, explore and build things up and learn about social media and learn about like the online world and different ways of making money online and how you can do that and started to really build that while I was still working full-time which was very interesting and I'm sure my partner will tell you not the greatest time of our lives but it was fun and I learned a lot Um, and it was great to have the opportunity to do it while still having the security of my job. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, systems and processes. Then, what? I mean, there there are people listening to. I, mean, I include myself. Right? I mean, that's the big part of why I was keen to have you on the on the, the show in the first place because I'm a, I'm a huge fan of. Uh, sounds a bit crazy. I'm a fan of systems and processes, but I, I push it all the time with, our, with the team, and and I, I get frustrated. You know, in a, as nice way as possible. But they'll tell you I get frustrated if they ask me the same thing twice. Or not to say that they shouldn't, but if it's, I get frustrated either that the system isn't being followed or the system isn't there or the system isn't quite good enough, if that makes sense. And I am I really want, again, this is very personal, but I really want people in our team to have a really good handle on what they do, myself included, and to be able to do that in a way that's really, really smooth so that we can all get on with doing more of what we enjoy doing. Um, how do people even start? If somebody's listening right now and, and knows perhaps that the time is a factor, and I guess it, it comes down to time, uh, how do people even get started? Where would you even start there? Where did you start? Yeah, so I am going to give you a little bit of a cop-out answer with a reason behind it <laughs> um, um, as my answer. So I really think that there are two ways to start when it comes to systems and processes, and it really depends on the kind of person you are. So I'm going to share both if that's okay. Sounds great. So for to my mind, if you're thinking about starting a business, um, there are very important things. There's one like marketing, getting your name out there, making sure people know that you have the business. And then the other one is getting the clients into the business. And I think really they're the kind of like two foundational ones, particularly in this online age that are going to be the biggest uh, like biggest kind of steps that you can take towards having a more systemized process and being able to do this. So if you are like me and like to have a lot of clarity um, in how things are going to work in the background, then I recommend you start with your onboarding process. 
So this is what I did. So what would happen to me when I was first starting my business and trying to get clients as I would get them on the call and everything would be going really well. And then we'd be like, okay, great. What next? And I didn't have an answer to them because I'd been telling myself, oh, I'll set up the onboarding process when I have clients. Um, but what that, what that ended up doing is stopping me from signing clients because I couldn't then paint them the picture of how they would come into working with me. So if you're like that and you like to be able to have that full clarity so that when you're talking to clients, you can really like explain this step, then this step, then this step in detail and, and that will give you confidence, then I recommend you start there. And some of the things you want to think about with your onboarding are basically your contract, your invoice, and how you welcome people in and, and what you need to send them. If, however, uh, that's not bothering you and you feel good about that and you're happy, then I recommend you start with your content creation processes and systems. And the reason for this is I think it's on average an entrepreneur will spend over six hours every week just creating content, let alone wow. the marketing on social media and all of that kind of stuff that goes alongside yeah. it to start marketing yourself. That's so, huge. yeah, it's massive. It's like one of the biggest time sucks that um, entrepreneurs have, particularly when you're doing it all yourself. So if if you are building this up on the side and if you are starting to kind of like do it as a side hustle or even even if you're, you're full time, this is a really great place to start with creating a system or a process because it will just save you so much time and free up so much more of your time to be able to do the other parts of the business that you need. So um, when it comes to creating that system, and I'm sure, Jake, you'll have plenty to add on this much more so than I, but just thinking about your content pillars, thinking about how you manage your diary so you can do things in batches, using things like templates and having like, for example, simple one lists of hashtags that you can pull from so you can just make it more systemized and more process orientated is going to help you save a lot of time. And it's also going to take a lot of the pressure off thinking like, oh, no, I need to think about something to post today. And I have no ideas. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 so I, I, that totally makes sense. I have to say for uh, I think when I got started, I was in the, in the latter group. So ours was all about content, marketing, brand building. Um, and I generally share the same with our clients, which is if I, I do share the same with our clients, which is until you get out there and people get to know you and such, you know, the, the other things will take care of themselves later. But I realize that we all have a different approach. We've got a different mindset and we have different ways of working. And so there are some people who like to have, as you say, those, they like to know that steps two, three, and four, or at least two and three are in place before they can go and do step one. Yeah. Um, so and I, I, I do understand that fully. And so with, with, with um, there's two, two directions I want to go. Um, Let's let's go down software first, if we if we could. Then, so mm -hmm. other kind of specific tools, softwares, platforms that you recommend? Because I, again, I imagine that you you probably encourage people to be quite streamlined. Um, mm -hmm. So rather than multiple software here and this here, and there's a different tool over here. Do, are there any kind of real go tos that you have personally, and then maybe that you recommend that your clients use as well? Yeah, I think uh, when it comes to your like onboarding processes is something I do with a lot of my clients, because once you kind of have that in place, you can start to really bring people into your business in a more consistent way. It saves you hours in admin and it just helps to create like 
a really nice experience for your clients. So they want to keep coming and working with you because they feel safe and secure that you really know what you're doing. So when it comes to creating those, generally, I recommend always a tool called Dubsado. Um, this is for two reasons. Number one, um, a lot of the alternatives either aren't based in the UK where I'm based, as, as in you can't use them um, in other countries. So Dubsado is a lot more flexible um, from a, that perspective on a purely practical. And then for the other perspective, like you say, it's just it does a lot of the stuff in one place. It may not do it all perfectly. It may be a little bit fiddly and annoying to get set up. But once it's done, you can kind of manage everything in one place. And that just really helps you, particularly as you're starting to grow your business. And if you're working by yourself originally, then it just helps make it a lot easier for you to manage because it's all in one. So generally, I recommend that. Okay. When it comes to other softwares, but other processes, I would say it really depends on the person. So there, there are a few different factors you can consider, but generally, they're all much of a muchness. So just go with the one you like best. So, so Dub Dubsado. Um, for anybody, is that D D U B S A D O? Yes. Oh, perfect. Okay. Um, <laughs> nice. I'll put a. I, I've I've never heard of that before. So I, and. So again, I guess for me, but from people listening, Dubsado is, what would people expect if they open something like that? Yeah, so it's basically, it's like, it's a bit like a CRM. So it's a bit like a client, it's a client management system, but it will handle, you can use it to track leads. I don't personally do much of that. I use other things, but you can do that with it. But you can also use it um, to to manage like onboarding. So you can send clients emails, you can send them contracts. It will automate all your invoicing for you. It will do all the welcome emails um, and you can have automated like sequences for individual clients. You can send proposals. So if you're a service based entrepreneur, it really does a lot of the basic kind of like admin for you all in one system, basically. That's great. That's great. Okay, fantastic. Um, I'll put a link to in the show notes to to Dubsado. Um, but of course, uh, you know, there's there's seeing the tool and then obviously knowing how to use it, which is where your your expertise comes in. Um, and for people working with teams, then what are, what are, it's say another area that um, we get a lot of questions in um, with clients is usually their first hire or their first team member. I think once they've gone through the process of getting number one in or, or the, the, the next person in, admittedly, it might not always be right. They need to go through the process again. I know that from personal experience as well. Um, but if somebody goes through the, this process and they're hiring for the first time, do you have any kind of recommendations or systems around that? What, what, um, how do you approach that? So do you want to talk about the hiring process originally or once you've got someone or the whole thing? I mean, I... I would say from personal experience, I've, I've realized increasingly how important it is to, to get it right in the hiring process as well. Um, and I think, again, personal experience, we've had people in the team that have, have come and gone. They've, and that generally, I, you know, um, I take ownership of that and say it's probably down to mishiring on my part. So, um, but, that, but that, may be, um, that may be my interpretation. There might be other areas where actually people can have a better impact and that have a, a, a bigger impact on the overall experience. So 
I'm, I'm going to hand back to you. I know that's a bit of a cop out from me as well, yeah. but I'm going to hand back to you about where you think people would have the, the best impact and uh, as, as well. Yeah, no, I have to say, I actually agree with you. I, I am not perfect at all in my processes. Um, but I do believe in continuous improvement and always trying to make things like better each time round. And if you can do that, then you're on a pretty good track. Um, but when it comes to hiring, I would say also from personal experience and, and my corporate experience, the most important thing is as much as possible, get really clear on what the role is. So within my business for my agency, I have some roles that are very well-defined and people who like to have like very well-defined, like very specific tasks that they need to do each week, that works really well. So when hiring those people, it's important to understand, okay, what exactly are the tasks? What are the goals? Like, so what will this person be responsible for? Like, are they responsible for, um, ultimately getting more leads into your business or are they responsible for managing your calendar like very specific on on what that's going to look like and as much as you can communicate up front you're going to be in a better position and then um, for other roles I have in my business which have a lot more ambiguity um, then just making sure you've got the right soft skills as well as people who are experienced in in dealing with ambiguity so I think it's good to be able to look and test for those I'm also a big fan um, of like trials if you can do it and doing trial days or a trial week period so you can get to know each other I generally will give people I'm interviewing like a task which would be what they would be doing if they were hired and ask them to do it and talk through it and then you can kind of get a get a gist of how it's going to be when you're working with someone because so much when you're running your business is just going to be personality and fit because there'll be loads of really skilled people but when it's yours and your business in particular you're going to want people that you can really vibe with and that you can really work with so that's a good and important thing to test and then when it comes to the actual onboarding I think it's always good to have like a few different tasks or a few like the resources that they need to go through so that they can understand your brand, like something about like, what are your business vision, your business goals? What are your values? All of that kind of stuff to share with someone when they're onboarding and in the interview process too, is going to really help them. Uh, making sure that you have a kind of task management process in place so that they can start to pick things up pretty quickly and they're not waiting on you to delegate to them like what they need to do each day they can at least in the beginning like hit the ground running so having a having a list at the very least like a very minimal list is a great start but then maybe something more advanced in a project management software as well so that they can start to start to complete tasks and learn more about you um more quickly basically yeah that makes sense i i love that idea um you've done i think are you certified is it six sigma have i did i read that mm -hmm. somewhere yes. yeah um and i i remember doing a training um a couple of years ago with um uh, the scaling up um, team, Vern Harnish, I think it was Gazelles, um, and yeah, it, yeah, and the, within their kind of hiring process, when they talk about hiring, it was the idea of of actually continually investing time in um, spending those first few sessions just talking about the company values and, and making sure that you got the right people, um, which I 
I fully agree with because obviously you're the expert in this, but you're going to keep people with you longer. They're going to be doing the right type of thing if their values are aligned with with the job role and then the company as well. Um, how do how have you found that? Because being trained in various different uh, areas and um, how it may be a silly question, obvious question, but how has all that training impacted on where you are today and being in a position where you run your own business, your own company? And you could take that experience from not just from Amazon, but from the other trainings that you've done to now be able to impact and help other people. Yeah. So first thing to know, I am a training junkie. I absolutely love courses. In my corporate career, I think I did every project management course or certification that I could. If they weren't having it on the curriculum, I made them let me do it. It's quite looking back, it must have been quite a challenge (laughs) for my poor managers. Um, Bless them. Um, But yeah, so I, I enjoy it. I like the process of learning. I've always found the idea of being able to do things more efficiently and more easy because I'm actually very, very lazy. Like I'm a fundamentally extremely lazy person at my soul. So I like to have things the easiest that they can possibly be. And I think one of the nice things about having done all these different kinds of trainings and certifications is you can really start to see the trends and see patterns in between them that have helped me to kind of shape my thinking and and my own methodologies around them. So I think one easy one that's actually I may regret because I'm not sure it's that easy to explain but like one easy one around kind of let's, how let's you, go for it we'll give, we'll give it <laughs> a go it. we'll yeah. give it a go like how you can start to scale things and and like make things like more streamlined that, that may seem obvious but until you really look at it you you don't necessarily see but when you're um, doing everything and when you're starting your business and you're doing anything manually, you can often end up doing things very, very custom to people and very, very specific to a client or a piece of content or all of this. And yes, that specificity and that, that the uniqueness that you put in that piece may mean that it will go slightly better, but the amount of time you spend on customizing it and making it unique is not worth the amount of time, like the time that you would save that you could do with other things that are important. So this is something I see across all kinds of like project management processes and certifications and best practices, this whole idea of like good enough and how I think that translates so well into so many small businesses is like templates. I'm always encouraging all my clients, I'm like, just template everything. Like recently I was working with like one of my agency clients and he has all of these different clients and he likes to do like all these different customized things for them. And I'm like, we just need to template out all of this because it's going to save you so much time. It's going to make it so much easier for your team to follow the processes when they're doing the work. And actually your client's not going to notice. <laughs> they're not going to notice that you're you're doing things in a standardized way because they're just going to be happy that things are happening and it's consistent. So instead of like feeling that pressure to make everything very customized all the time, looking at how you can make it easier for yourself by streamlining with templates, for example, and other things will just help you a lot and when you start to look at your business from that lens you'll find there are all sorts of opportunities to do this in different areas uh, I, yeah i i love that um I, re- I really do and i've i fully agree 
we talked. I, I think we we in a previous episode that we've done. I, I wouldn't recall which which one it is. We talked about the idea of, of getting to eighty five percent. You know, if you can get to eighty five percent, some people it would be eighty, some people it would be ninety. But I'd have been if you can go for eighty five percent in the things that you do, as, as you as you say, it's kind of it doesn't have to be absolutely perfect, but it's in that kind of you know very good or excellent kind of area that allows you to then move on and scale. And I think personal experience, certainly when we started, um, probably more through through COVID as we moved online and there was transition in business and such. From personal experience, I, I I would always be emailing new clients. I'd be emailing them individual personal messages, you know, based on the conversation that we'd had. Um, and I'm, I'd be looking at the end of the day, like, I spent like half an hour writing on that. And they've already joined. They've already, you know, joined the program and such. And of course, I want to be personalize it. But I guess in my mind, the anxiety, and I've put this, I guess, put, put this back to you. But in my mind at the time, the anxiety was, well, they've just joined. I want to give a really good impression. I want them to stay with us. I don't want any slip-ups, you know, in the initial onboarding. Um, so how, how I guess if I throw that back, how would you respond to somebody who says that, that they want to make sure that they're really giving a personalized experience for, for new clients when they come in? Okay, so I have a couple of thoughts on this. I'm really glad you asked this question, actually, because I get this all the time. <laughs> um, so I think... One of my questions is a challenge back and just a general challenge around like how you're thinking about things, but like, which is like, does the client know that it's not all custom? And often they won't. Um, And you can create like one example is like videos and things that go into like welcome emails. They can still be like standardized videos that just welcome about showing your face but they, if you don't talk about names and you just talk more generically, you can you can make it feel a bit more personalized and a bit more exclusive without it actually having to be so. So that's that's a simple answer. And then my other answer is actually one of the really great things about having a lot of your process automated or templated is it gives you a lot more freedom. So because you're not worrying, did I send the invoice? Did I do this? Did I do this? You can actually be like, oh, this client mentioned this thing. I'm going to send them like a personalized card about that, that I saw for them. Or I'm going to ask my team to pick out something like this. So with the energy and the brain power, you're not spending worrying if it's going to be, if the basics, the things that you absolutely need to happen are in there the energy you're saving with that, you can actually spend on creating this really premium, really custom, if you so desire experience and do those little things and be more creative and have more fun with it without impacting like your team. So worst case scenario, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't matter, but you can have that freedom at least in that time if that's something you want to do and if that's something you want to deliver in your business. So that's my absolutely yeah thank you for that what do you feel then so you, you mentioned that you get asked that question a lot so I, I, I guess i'll take that one step further what do you feel is the biggest mistake that you find people are making when they when they first start working with you like what what's the you you see it again and again and again um what's kind of that common theme yeah. or maybe one or two things that they do yeah i think the biggest thing that people have when they come well let's say the two things so the first one is they're like everything I do is custom so I cannot possibly systemize or automate 
Um, and this is where it will always challenge them. And, and to go back to what we were previously saying about going to that next level, it's like challenge them to think like, okay, so maybe what you're delivering, like your strategy is custom, the, the graphics you deliver someone are custom, like all of that is custom, but the way you deliver it is going to follow a very specific process, which will be quite standardized. And you can focus on systemizing the process so that the, the actual delivered product can then be custom without it impacting you. Yeah. And so that that's one I see a lot. And it actually kind of goes to my second point, which is I see people often, and, and this comes, this is like a more like one that I know I, I struggle with as well. And I think it comes to boundaries and pieces where you, people feel like, they need to do everything for the client or do everything for someone or always be around and they want everything to be perfect and then to feel all of this. And they think that that means that they can't systemize or that means that they need to do certain things, which is not actually true. And I think that comes back to the 80-20. And once you have your process, you can be really clear with a client about what to expect, which then allows you to create those boundaries from the beginning which ultimately makes for a much more like collaborative and supportive relationship between you and your client where you can deliver those results. Yeah, absolutely. How do, do you think it's important then that people maybe sit down and, and this is something that I've reflected on because I, um, I, th I think, and again, personal experience, I, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying this conversation by the way, because I've, I've seen so many things that I do and mistakes I make and so, I imagine, as you say, it's quite common. So it makes me feel a little bit better, but I know I'm still making those mistakes. Um, I th so, so through like last year, for example, you know, before we, um, just like, uh, I think before we started, we were chatting a little bit about um, COVID in the past 18 months mm -hmm. and such. But um, for me personally, and, I, and I, I believe a lot of other people, certainly people I spoke to, it was, it was a bit too easy for me to kind of dip in and, and just take another call at seven in the evening or then maybe eight in the And then actually somebody in, in America, so I'll do the nine o'clock call, nine o'clock at night, because it's there one o'clock or whatever. And it just started, to, I think this, I get the impression it happened with a lot of people, but it just started to creep in. Some of the day gets longer and longer and longer and you're becoming more and more available and more and more um, accessible. So to what extent, how would people, my interpretation might be, or my thought would be, okay, I need to sit down and just get very, very clear, almost rules or guidelines for myself, just to say, right, I, I do calls between this time, this time, I don't do them on this day, I don't do them on this day, I do these things. How important is that, do you think, to have that preset idea? But then are there any other ways that you might approach it or that you've approached it with your clients? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have to say I completely agree. And I'm still learning on this. And I think all of us as like business owners are always evolving how we deal with boundaries, how we kind of like manage. So I think the first thing I would say just from like a well-being perspective is not to be too hard on yourself with that. I've definitely in the past beaten myself up about this, like, oh, I shouldn't check those emails because it's Sunday. I definitely need to wait until Monday and I'm a bad person because I didn't have the boundary in place and I was weak. And all of those kind of things that you can do in your head, which I definitely do. And, and just yeah, being so, kind. So. <laughs> like forgiving yourself but I do think like you say it's important to understand what your vision is like what do you want your working day to look like when do you want to do calls when do you want to be available for clients and you can put you can formalize that through your systems and I always recommend having really good legal contracts as well so it's 
really formalized um, as you're starting to work with someone. And then from an implementation perspective, again, I'm always a big fan of continuous improvement. So get your get a vision of what you want and where you want to get to. Do that to the best of your ability. There'll always be um, times where something may happen that means that you you will take the call at nine. Like for some reason, I think a friend of mine from Amazon, he describes it as like, Claire, if Coca-Cola calls you and they tell you that you want them to, they want you to set up all of their systems and processes, you're probably going to take that call, even if it's at 10. So there'll always be those kind of exceptions um, and different things. And, and that's OK. But just as much as possible, working towards your vision and working towards what you want it to be and being really clear on that for yourself. And I think that will take you a long way. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I think that makes makes a lot of sense. So for, for somebody, we'll, we'll circle back to this in just a moment. Um, but for somebody that's that's listening and thinking, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. I'd love some more support with this and some help with this. What would be the best ways for them to, well, how, how do people work with you? What does that look like if somebody was wanting more support with the systems in their business? Yeah, so the the best ways to get in touch is to just book a call. One of our uh, offers you can do a 30 minute consult for us we call it a time audit so we'll talk with you about where you're spending your time and give you some kind of like tips on how you can uh save more time <laughs> sorry to interrupt I'm, I'm just I'm like oh yeah i like that that sounds really good because everybody values yeah. their time right so it's great so understand where you're spending your time and some systems that uh, could help you in, in saving time so that you can get some of that back. And then if you want to work with us, so we have various consulting packages at different offers where we can either just work with your team or our team can come in and build everything out for you if that's what you need. If you're like, do you know what? I never want to have to think about this again. Can someone just come in here and do it for me? You can have our team come in here and do it for you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. No, that's, that's perfect. Um, and it's, it's clear. I mean, you know, chatting here, what is it? Quarter, well, for anybody listening, obviously you'll be listening probably sometime in October, but you know, it's Tuesday afternoon. It, it, it's kind of the middle of the working day for many people, but you, you, you seem extremely relaxed. Um, so it's, it, in the sense, <laughs> and I, I mean, that in the sense of there's clearly a lot of systems and processes that have been set up that allow you to then, you know, be able to network and connect with people and such, which I just think is, it, 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 you're a testament to what you do because it's clearly working for you, um, which, I, which, which, which I love. Um, yeah. And so where would, where, where would people, where would people go? Let's put, a, I'll put a link in the show notes, but where would people go um, for this, uh, this time audit? Where could people connect for that? Yeah, so I'm going to say if you want to connect with me on my Instagram, which is Claire Whitaker AIC, and if you send me a DM with Jake, I'll get you set up with a time order. How about that? I, I just we we didn't talk, we didn't talk about Instagram before, right? I'm so glad that you said it. Instagram, <laughs> yeah, you heard it, right? <laughs> connect with Claire on Instagram. Um, and uh, we will, well, as you say, if you put my name in there, uh, then that is the best way for you to connect. So the, it's Claire Whitaker, which is double T, uh, A-I-C, and I will put the link in the show notes for people to connect. Okay, uh, apologies, getting a bit noisy in the background again, you can hear. Um, Claire, I want to be really respectful of your time, but it, it, there's just a few more questions, if I may, um, which I'd, I'd love to ask. I, I ask everybody that comes on the show and um, just the quick fire questions, they do not have to be quick fire answers at all. Um, 
But is that we we talked about systems processes and uh, in in my mind at least I immediately make the link to habits. Um, so in your personal life, are there systems, processes, habits, routines that you have on a daily basis, weekly basis that you just couldn't live without? And maybe maybe even you've got one that people might think, oh, that's a bit strange or that's a bit odd um, that maybe stands out to you. Yeah, so I, this is going to make me sound really woo and strange, but I have like a very set morning routine. I'm one of those people that cannot not eat breakfast. So I have to eat that. So I have my coffee, I have my breakfast. I write in my journal a little bit for like 15 minutes. And then I go on what I call a manifestation walk where I just walk around. uh, I go for a walk, get out of the house to your point on boundaries. And when you work from home and you work digitally, it's great to just get out and move. And then I just think about how I want my day to go, get into the mood of ease and feeling good about the day and how it's going to be. And I walk around and I walk up this excessively large hill and then at the top of the hill I can see all of London it's very beautiful and it's just a really great way to start my day and it really sets me up if I don't do it I really miss it I don't feel anywhere near as good as when I get up and actually move do you thank you for that I really appreciate you sharing that um and do you so have you to to get to that place again to dig in a bit more in that have you got to a place where you've said I don't start work until nine o'clock or 10 o'clock or I, I don't take calls before this time or something like have, what what are some of the boundaries maybe you've put in your business that allow you then to have that freedom in the for yourself in the morning yeah so I don't start until 9 30 um and generally though I think I ha- need to still update one schedule that I missed but generally I don't take calls before 10 unless it's with right. my team yeah. So I'll, I'll speak to my team at 9.30, but I won't take calls before 10. I don't take calls on Mondays or Fridays um, so that I can have that kind of like freedom and that flexibility around how I spend my mornings. Um, because, yeah, I just think it's really important to be able to start your day easily. Right because way. that just sets you up. Yeah. Absolutely. Sorry, I interrupted you there. Um, no, I, I, I fully agree. I like that idea as well about... Um, so I, I personally, I, uh, I don't take calls on a Monday or a Wednesday, um, but I like the idea of not taking them on a Friday because then suddenly, you know, it, it's it's like, oh, actually, this feels like a bit more me time and, you know, to focus on other things and such. I like it's that a lot. It's a really great thing because I can never concentrate on a Friday anyway <laughs> because I'm just like, it's the weekend. Even though I work <laughs> for myself, I still have that, like, it's the weekend thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah makes Friday's sense. like an extra weekend day for me now. <laughs> I love it. I, I so I, I again so just personal experience on this, and and hopefully people listening could take, um, I guess their own version of it. I the reason that I did them on a Friday, um, or that I do take calls on a Friday, um, coming back to when I was a teacher, w- when we got our timetable at the start of the year, you'd, you'd come in on the first day of September and you get your new timetable, and if you had kind of free time, um you never wanted it on a Friday afternoon because that was effectively your planning time. That's where you plan your lessons and do your marking and all this kind of stuff. And if you had it on a Friday afternoon, you know that you'd be out chatting to all the staff and like bigging up the weekend and all this kind of thing. Um, you, you'd rather be teaching on a Friday afternoon, believe it or not. Well, I personally would because I, I, I knew I wouldn't use it wisely otherwise. Um, but I, I guess for, 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 for people, obviously you found something that really works for you. Um, I'm certainly going to rethink even my mornings from what you said, but there'll be people listening who, when they find the right time for them 
allows them to get into the flow of what's important for them as well, which I, which I love. Um, so for, for you, Claire, who, obviously we met through a um, mutual contact, Trisha. Uh, Trisha has been on the, the, the podcast previously. Um, uh, for anybody who hasn't listened to that episode, I'd recommend go back and listen to 105, uh, the interview with, with, with Trisha. Um, through, oh yeah, we, so we connected through a mutual contact. Uh, through your kind of journey and process and working at Amazon and all the training that you've had and the, you, you said that you're kind of a course junkie and you love personal development and, 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 and growth and such, is there kind of one standout person or program or training that has had the, the biggest impact on your growth results journey and it might be somebody close as in somebody that you know that you interact with daily or weekly or monthly or it might be distant that you've never met them but you've you follow them online or you've read their books Does somebody come to mind not somebody but i have to say lean six sigma training is the one it mm. was when I, I it was my i was working in manufacturing so i actually did a chemistry degree this is a story for another day okay. i did a chemistry degree and started my career in manufacturing and I just remember hearing about it. And I think my favorite story about it, which I won't get completely correct, but you'll get the idea. So Toyota, potentially the inventor of Lean, but definitely one of the early adopters of Lean yeah. project management and how, how to do that. They, there's a homeless shelter in New York that every year would go to all the big companies and ask them for money for their Christmas campaign. And one year, Toyota says, um, we're not going to give you money, but we'll lend you three of our lean engineers or like five, however many of our process engineers. And those process engineers went in. And I think at the time, and again, I'll get these numbers completely wrong. But at the time, it was like something like the queue for food that people would wait was like up to eight hours in the wow. freezing cold in New York at yeah. Christmas. So not great the process engineers came in and they managed to cut that down to like 15 minutes. Like it's it, like, the, it, it's ridiculous, the change. Yeah. And they also worked on um, hurricane packs. So like packs that people would get sent after a hurricane to like with all this fiber kit. And they cut the time down from like 15 minutes to pack this kit to like 35 seconds. And the impact that that had on people's lives and how many more people could get served. And actually it was a massive cost saving for the, for the shelter. They could just do so much more. That got me completely hooked. That changed yeah. everything. I think it's just so powerful when you actually put these things in process, in place, how these processes, how these changes and how just by doing things in a, in a more structured and simplified way can just revolutionize your life and help so many more people. It just completely inspired me and it's always stood out. And I've always wanted to like be that for other people. That's amazing. Um, amazing. Uh, and that, uh, that, you know, it's funny because we, we, we kind of started with your story a little bit, but Amazon, we, we've not dug in, you mentioned the chemistry degree and such. That sounds like a, maybe a part two. Um, <laughs> but you, you kind of come full circle in a way by saying how that's had, such a big impact on you and it's it's clearly a, a a key element in your story about why you do what you do now mm. um and such an inspiring story from toyota it's incredible how as you say it has the impact on the people there it has the impact on the homeless people in new york on the shelter and everybody involved but actually by sharing that story it's got an impact on 
you and your business and how you're helping people and, and that's just that ripple effect that just grows and grows and grows which mm. i really like that kind of stuff um do, do you do you this this isn't actually my quick fire questions but i'm, I'm gonna ask this anyway because i'm i'm really enjoying myself uh <laughs> i realize do you have to go in a few minutes because if you do then we'll i'll we'll, we'll tidy it we're all good okay we're gonna go for a little bit longer okay cool um so is it within your personal planning like are there any tools softwares like i'm i'm exploring something called rome at the moment which is kind of a, a personal management tool or whatever that might be people talk about notion and trello and all these things is there anything that you have found that works really really well or do you mix between the two or do you like just write things on paper what, what, what's kind of your personal process so for my sins i am a very simple time management system yeah so I use so I use a tool called ClickUp. It's a project or Trello. I think it's like they're my two general favorite ones for for project management and delegation yeah. to my team because I need to be able to share things with them. My personal time and like how I plan my life, I am devoted to my calendar. <laughs> Everything goes on my. Cal- I've always been this way. Like I just block off time for all my tasks. Like even in my corporate career, basically from day one, I have always done this. I don't know why I decided to do this. It was before time blocking was cool. Um, like, but it was just the easiest way for me to see. Like, can I can I achieve this? Can I get it done? Do I need more time? When will I do it? And it just gives me so much comfort to wake up on Monday. Everything is planned for me, and I don't have to think. Like I said, yeah. very lazy person. I don't want to ever think. <laughs> and so just I just love it and it's just like it's on my calendar and I just follow the calendar and if something has to move on the calendar fine but like very very simple um way of doing things and of course as you can't do that when you and just that when you are growing teams and growing businesses you do have to have other processes in place to give people visibility and make it more structured but basics I just love my calendar yeah 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 that's that that makes sense i understand fully um thank you for sharing that do you uh, is there a particular book that you like recommend uh, refer to people most frequently it doesn't have to necessarily be business related it might be personal but is there a particular book that you either you've gone back to again and again or that you like to re- recommend other people have a read of i can see you look at your bookshelf now i am looking at my bookshelf <laughs> so we'll go down the business book route so I think there are two, there are two. So for me, I think the ones that I think about most are start with why. I yeah. didn't read this for the longest time. And then I read it and I was like, everyone, you need to read start with why. And they're like, we read it like four years ago, Claire, you're very late, but I love it. Um, and I really see if you have read the book, I see what my business does is the how type to my visionary entrepreneur clients why type so helping you create that vision helping you bring everything to life but I just think that's such a such an inspiring book and and so well done and I love the TED talk so that's one and then I think the other one actually from a purely business like from what I do perspective I really love traction so traction is around like how how to build momentum and how to build traction within your business and they talk a lot about processes how to set up your team all of that kind of stuff. And it was funny because I think Jeff Bezos might have, must have read it at some point because so much of the structures in Amazon were so built around that. So I was doing it before I read the book, 
but since reading the book I really enjoy that one and particularly I work with a lot of agencies and so particularly for agencies I think it's a great one that's perfect um so so start with why Simon Sinek traction that's um Gino Wickman is that right yes I think so yeah um I I, I was um somebody who was on the show previously uh, introduced me to Gino Wickman um he just launched a new book um which is about becoming an entrepreneur I believe um but let me pop the link I'll put the link in again all these links in the show notes for um people that are listening um so traction as well yes I, I just personally if I'm if I may um add on to that Claire I traction is the book that I use at the end of each quarter so when we do a quarterly review of what's just gone and then planning for the next quarter and and such traction is the one that i normally have by my side um to go through those things as well so i'm uh, I, I, it just makes me smile that, that somebody who specializes in this is your expertise and i'm like oh I, i'm kind of doing that that's cool oh i'm not doing that i need to know how to do that um so uh, yeah i love it i'm seeing huge value already huge you get value. your time audit jake don't worry yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think I think well we we could do I think I'd be um, maybe that maybe that's a good intro for people as well right we could do a we could maybe do it live or something and then oh, that I, would to be, be honest fun. yeah I think I think you get quite a lot of uptake from that actually um, I like it okay cool um, I'm going to go down last last question um, Claire because I've, I've, I realize I've taken a lot of your time today but um, greatly greatly uh, appreciative uh, I ask everybody this question when they come on the show. Um, the title of the podcast is Influence. What does the word influence mean to you? Mm-hmm. So the word influence means to me, I think influence is that feeling that someone is left with after you speak to them that makes them want to take action. So I don't think it's necessarily about like the number of followers you have or like how big your audience is or like how many people liked your post but I think it's a feeling and being able to give someone that kind of like feeling that something is possible or the desire to take the action or a next step. I think that's true influence. And if you can do that for one person, that's incredible. Yeah. I love it. I love it. That's a perfect place to leave it. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say anything further than that, uh, but thank you so much, Claire. Thank you for your time. Um, genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. Is there anything um, so just just as a recap, um, people who want to connect with you, uh, there are links in the show notes. If they go to Claire Whitaker, which is double T, Claire Whitaker AIC on Instagram, they can connect with you there. Uh, if they put my name in the in the, the DM, uh, then they can they can book in a time audit with you. Um, such a great name. Is there anything else that you'd like to say or finish or leave the listeners with today, just before we wrap up? Yeah, I always like to end conversations like this with the reminder to everyone to focus on progress, not perfection. Like all those little steps as you start to make them will add up and they will just help you to start build momentum. So don't let the fear of wanting it to be perfect stop you. Perfect. Claire, thank you so much for being with us. I greatly appreciate your time. Um, And hopefully we can do this again sometime in the future. That would be great. Um, for everybody that's been listening, I truly hope this has been valuable. I've got no doubt it has. I've, I've loved it. Um, and uh, I, hopefully we can do a, a follow-up in the future. Go and check out Claire on Instagram, Claire Whitaker AIC. Get yourself a time audit booked. And uh, thank you all for being with us. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Claire, thank you. Thank you so much, Jake. Have a great Thanks day. Thanks very much.
Thanks, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. Hi, friends. Jake here again. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find links to anything that we've discussed, books, trainings, other podcasts, uh, anything currently that we're enjoying, you will find those in the show notes or you'll find it somewhere in and around all the information that you usually find in a podcast. And a reminder that if you'd like to know more about what I do, if you want more of tools, resources, any recommendations, readings, uh, free training, products and such, then you can find all of that on the website jakeadamdavy.com. Equally, if you want to come over and say hello, Instagram is always the best place and the account is at jakeadamdavy. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't hesitate to leave us a review. Of course, the more stars, the better. And equally, sharing is caring. So if you've heard something or listened to something that you've enjoyed yourself and you think will be beneficial or useful to other people, please do pass that on. It will be very much appreciated. And as you know, when you get a recommendation from somebody that you trust, there really is nothing better. Thank you so much. And until next time, stay on mission, do something extraordinary for others, keep inspiring and keep growing your circle of influence. Goodbye.